When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to 365 Days with MXM Tune. I'm Maya, a singer, songwriter, video maker, Oakland native, and a comic book geek. I'm also a huge fan of history. I love untold stories, gross facts, hidden secrets, and anything weird, dark, and funky from the past. Each day, I'm going to share one of my favorite deep cuts with you, so let's take a look at today's story. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff, no, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's 365. On this day in 1939, Batman first appeared in Detective Comics number 27. Over the next several decades, Batman would grow into an iconic superhero appearing in film franchises, video games, television shows, in any form of media you can imagine, you can probably find Batman. Detective Comics, precursor to the now famous DC Comics, was a series of anthology comics about superheroes and fighting crime. It's the longest-running comic book series in the U.S., but number 27 is one of the all-time most famous issues, since it introduces us to Batman. These comic books initially sold for 10 cents a piece, but in February 2010, a copy of number 27 sold at auction for over $1 million, making it one of the most valuable comic books in existence. Batman makes this famous appearance in the case of the Chemical Syndicate. Commissioner Gordon brings his friend Bruce Wayne with him to a crime scene where a man named Lambert was stabbed and his son's fingerprints were found on the knife. The son claims he didn't do it, that he touched the knife when trying to save his father. As Gordon tries to solve the case, a masked figure appears to save the day. At the end of the comic, it's revealed that Gordon's friend Bruce Wayne was Batman all along. Batman was a hit with fans. He would later become the face of the Detective Comics franchise. So, by issue 33, Detective Comics published Batman's backstory. In the story, Bruce Wayne is walking home with his parents when a mugger approaches and tries to steal his mom's necklace. When his dad intervenes, the mugger shoots both of his parents. After this horrific event, Bruce Wayne dedicates himself to fighting crime. He trains and strengthens himself, and he tries to decide what disguise would frighten criminals the most. When a bat flies through his window, he knows he will become Batman. It's a pretty dark origin story. His character was inspired by pulp heroes like The Shadow and Doc Savage, who were also upstanding good guys fighting crime in secret. But back then, these stories of crime, murder, and violence were becoming more controversial. In the 1950s, as the West became more embroiled in the anti-communist Red Scare, psychiatrist Dr. Frederick Wortham published a book called The Seduction of the Innocent. In it, Wortham argued that comic books were corrupting children and encouraging delinquency. This was a precursor to later theories that violent video games were making children more aggressive, but much of Wortham's rhetoric was unfounded and entirely based in fear. He thought that the close platonic relationship between Batman and his sidekick Robin would encourage 
homosexuality. One, even if it did, who cares? Two, that's just not how sexuality works. Still, this moral panic led to the creation of the Comics Code Authority, in which comic book publishers self-regulated to end portrayals of drug use, sexuality, two sympathetic criminals, and more. This code lasted up until 2011, so it impacted the content that comic book writers were allowed to explore. So for characters that preceded the CCA, this means that they evolved in ways that might not feel true to their original character. When you think of Batman now, you might imagine his on-screen persona, played by actors like Robert Pattinson, Christian Bale, or Michael Keaton. But for serious DC fans, there are big differences between comic book Batman and movie Batman. The original Batman from this 1939 comic was troubled and dark, while other interpretations of Batman have made him a lighter, goofier character, like the 60s Batman and Robin cartoon. Then Batman became the Dark Knight again, and even the Joker mocked him, asking, why so serious? So many different directors have tried their hand at bringing the hero of Gotham to light. Christopher Nolan, Tim Burton, and next year, Matt Reeves will direct the new Batman film. Of course, each of these directors have their own spin on the superhero, but his character has changed a lot over time. But when Robert Pattinson puts on Batman's costume next year, who knows what direction the historic character will take. One more fun fact about Gotham. While Batman popularized this nickname for New York City, Gotham actually comes from Washington Irving, the 19th century writer who wrote famous stories like The Legend of Sleepy Hollow and Rip Van Winkle. Irving was born in the Big Apple, but even back then, New Yorkers loved to poke fun at each other, so Irving called his hometown Gotham, referencing an English village from the Middle Ages that was known for being a town of fools. Although Gotham City is fictional and supposedly located in New Jersey, it takes a lot of influence from New York. As its name suggests, writer Bill Finger got the idea to name Batman's home Gotham while flipping through a New York phone book. From there, the rest was history. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Now let's talk about music. Today, in 1979, Elton John embarked on a historic tour, journeying to countries that Western musicians rarely visited at the time. In an era where tensions were high between the U.S. and the Soviet Union, he toured through Russia for eight days. When he played Moscow, the show was broadcast on BBC Radio. He performed his greatest hits like Your Song and Benny and the Jets, but perhaps the most interesting moment of the set came from his final song, paying a cheeky tribute to the Beatles. Elton performed a mashup of the Fab Four's Get Back and Back in the USSR. It was a daring move, but the crowd loved it, cheering his name as he walked off stage afterward. And hey, believe it or not, Elton John actually knows I exist. On his podcast, Elton John's Rocket Hour, he played Queen, the G-flip song that I ended up featuring on, and he may have called me MX Tune, but Elton, if you're listening, I forgive you. And now for today's final segment, I am going to be going back into my own photo archives to see what I was up to on a May 1st in my life. I feel like we've reached the point in the year where like, I can only tell you that I've gotten boba on this day in my life so many times. Um, oh, 
Yes, I did get boba on May 1st, 2017, but on May 1st, 2015, I went and I picked up litter in San Francisco as a part of a high school program I was in. And I have a photo of me and my friends (laughs) standing in a circle on some city street in San Francisco wearing bright orange vests so we wouldn't get hit by cars. And we were, oh God, at what age was I at this point? I think I was 14. We, so San Francisco is like, you know, it's an urban city and it's also in California. So weed is a very big thing there. And there were a lot of half smoked joints in this place that we were trying to clean up. So what we did is we made a mountain of them. And in this photo, there's a tiny mountain of joints sitting on the ground in front of us that we were picking up with garbage grabbers and putting down on the ground. Uh, so yeah, if you're ever wondering what I was doing when I was 14, I was cleaning up leftover joints on the ground in San Francisco. Thanks for going back in time with me and remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can come back tomorrow for more stories from yesteryear. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff. No, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's three.